0: Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church Podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor Podcast features Sunday sermons. To hear this live and before subscribers do, join us in Rockport, Maine on Sunday mornings at 10 for worship and before that at 845 for prayer service. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting TheAnchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. You guys ready today? Let's pray and we'll hop in the Word. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for uh, every victory that we are having as a church. Lord, we thank you, God, that we are not backing up, but we're moving forward, God, that we're doing everything that you have called us to do. And so, Lord, it's our heart today just to simply to line up, God, with what you're doing in this time, in this season, in our lives, individually and also collectively as a body. And so, Father, today, thank you that as we uh, just dive more into relationships, you're such a relational God, and, Lord, you desire for us to have healthy relationships. So, Lord, as we dive into this today, Lord, we're just asking that you would... uh, just move around in our hearts, God. We just individually give you permission, permission, God, just to stir in our hearts and speak to us today. God, to bring clarity, God, to maybe some areas that you want us to address, maybe some areas that you want us to grow in. Uh, but, Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would just come and teach us your truth and uh, anoint us today not only to preach but also to hear the word and to obey the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. Listen, for the past couple weeks, we have been in a series that we have entitled, As It Depends on You, As It Depends on You. And if you haven't been able to be here for the past two weeks, this uh, series is simply based off of a verse that's in uh, Romans chapter 12, it's verse 18. I'm going to read that this morning just to kind of get us rolling in the right direction. It says this, it says, if possible, as far as it depends on you. Somebody say, as it depends on me. Come on, let's say it like we mean it this morning. Say, as it depends on me, live at peace with how many people? Few people? Everyone. Literally, if possible, as far as it depends on you, to live at peace with everyone. Now, by a quick show of hands, uh, and I'll kind of quit messing with you here. How many of you guys know that's a whole lot easier said than done? Come on, can you give that to me? See, the reason we all know that to be true is because we've had an experience with one word, and it's called people. Right? People can be so complicated. Now, listen, I know it's none of us. Uh, We all think we're great, and it's other people that are complicated, but uh, just know they think that about you, too. Anyways, here we go. So, just like uh, this, just like you, over the years I've come to learn that it doesn't really matter the type of relationship. It could be with our spouse, it could be with our kid, it could be with uh, our parent, it could be with a sibling, it could be with a cousin's cousin twice removed. I don't know how all that works, but but it could be with our best friend since third grade. It could be with a coworker, or it can be just some random person at the grocery store. From time to time, there will be this. There will be conflict. Is that not true? There will be conflict. The reason we encounter conflict is pretty simple. I think sometimes we, we sit back, we point the finger so much and and we just maybe we don't understand why there's conflict, but the reason is is because when God designed us, I'm not saying God designed us for conflict, but in the original temp before the fall of man, when he created us, he created us all to be very unique. He wired us in a unique way. Is that not true? Listen, that, that when we sit back, we all recognize we have our own unique blend or our own unique mix. Once again, our temperament, personality, our upbringing, experience, giftings, uh, talents, uh, passions, and then opinions. And the bottom line is what I'm trying to say is this, is that there's not a single person on this planet that's like you. None of us are the same. And it's those differences that makes life really fun. But it's also what causes us to basically cause things to get a little messy sometimes. Is that not true? So, but I believe if we want to be the kind of person, and I think we do, okay? I think we want to be this kind of church. I think we want to be this kind of people that we want to be people that are committed to having authentic, loving, healthy, lasting relationships. If you guys want that, say, oh, yeah. Yeah. Look, then we need to learn how to approach and work through conflict in a healthy way. And I'm here to tell you this, man, conflict is not easy. It is probably one of the most difficult things in life. But I think there's a way when we, if we really follow the Lord's leading, He'll teach us how to do it because He wants us to be healthy. Let, let me maybe even just get this basic. Do you think that God knows that we're going to have conflict with people? Yeah. So, so if He knows that, is He going to leave us out there high and dry, or is He going to help us? He's going to help us. OK, thank God for that. Right. So so that's why we're spending so much time, because the truth is, is, you know, it doesn't take some great spiritual discernment. All we have to do is look around us, even in this room and there's conflict that's going on. And, uh, and we want to be people that that know how to address that in a godly and a healthy way. So, listen, that's why we spent so much time over the past few weeks talking about why we don't like conflict. One of the main reasons why conflict doesn't get resolved is because of fear. Right, It's because we're afraid to confront something. We've also talked about how to navigate conflict in a healthy way. Last week we talked about what a healthy person looks like for no other reason than this. It's impossible to have healthy resolution or healthy conflict if we're not healthy ourselves. You know, I think if we're, if we're being honest with ourselves today, it's like sit back and think about times where you've had confrontation. I'm not so sure if there's any other thing in life that reveals uh, basically our shortcomings and inadequacies or maybe the areas that we are unhealthy in more than conflict, right? It's amazing that when conflict arises, if you want to find an insecurity in your life, let conflict happen, right? Because it's going to surface. And I'm saying that from experience. So let's do this today, all right? Here's what I want to talk about today, and we'll just dive into part three here. I want to talk about why we should be willing to confront those we love. Why we should be willing to confront those, those that we love. And I know this is an uncomfortable subject, uh, but hang in there. It doesn't have to be uncomfortable, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and stick my neck out here and say this. I'm going to say that for the most of us in this room, when we confronted people in the past... More than likely, the main reason we didn't get the result or the desired change that we were hoping for in a particular situation is because our why, or we say this, our reason for confronting in the first place was wrong. This is really important, okay? Don't miss this because I think this all of us fall in this category here. Now, the funny thing about this is this, is for some reason... I think that more times than not, our thought process when it comes to confronting people starts and finishes with this rhetorical question. Well, it's it's the truth, isn't it? How many of you guys have ever thought that in your own self or maybe said something somebody else? You said, well, it's the truth, isn't it? Anybody ever said that? Because I definitely have. But, you know, to think about this, how many times have we justified our actions, or maybe I could say our unfiltered words and actions basically with that single thought? Well, it's true, isn't it, Right? But, but if we're being honest with ourselves, when we have found ourselves just telling people the truth, because there's some of us in this room, man, we, we, we are, if you almost divided the room, you got people who are just the truth banner, and then you got other people that love, right? And so for us people that, man, we just want to tell people the truth, and I definitely fall in that category, that, that kind of ask ourselves, when we've been telling people the truth in the past, more often than not, do we push people further away, or do we draw them closer to ourselves? Most of the time, we're pushing people away, and the reason is this, is because telling people the truth is only really half of the equation. It's only half of it, so it doesn't work. It's kind of like this, and this is kind of what comes to my mind. I'm a, I'm a guy that likes pictures, likes stories, but it's almost like trying to make a great entree with only half of the ingredients. So if you're on the receiving end of that meal or that deal, it's hard to swallow, right? If somebody just wants to give you the truth. And so anyway, the other half that I think we miss so often deals with our why. And we're going to talk about our why, or, or maybe a better word, we're going to talk about our motives and confronting people for a second, okay? So for us in this room, here's three possible wrong motives we can have, or three possible wrong whys we can have in confronting another person. So for some of us in this room, we confront people It's because of this. Number one, please write this down. It's because we want relief. We want relief. Now, what do I mean by that? Is have you ever found yourself in a spot where you're so full of emotions and you got nowhere to go with them? Right, man? I mean, you're just, man, just, y'all are looking like like it's only me here. I don't get this. But but have you ever been in a spot man I'm talking about man the emotions are raging on the inside of you and you don't know what to do with them so what do you do you call you email you text you facebook the individual that you've had conflict with and you unload on them Right, and, and if we're honest, our number one goal in that moment, our number one goal in contacting him, is so that we can find some kind of personal relief. It's like if you can imagine a, a uh, pressure valve being uh, basically just man, it's so built up and it, you know steam is popping and all that, and you just need to release the valve so to release all the pressure. That's what that phone call is for us. Anybody ever been there so What are some of the thoughts we typically think when we're wanting relief and not resolution? That's key. When we want relief and not resolution, it's this. These are thoughts that we have. We think, man, I just need to get this off my chest. We think, man, I got to get this out of my mind. Or I won't have any peace until I say this to that person. I got to let them know how I feel. And I want us to realize something this morning that by nature, those thoughts are selfish. Because they all center around I. They all center around me. And you're going to find in a minute, when it comes to right motives, it's not ever about you. Yes? So listen, while emotions are definitely a normal part of life, I think we would all agree on that, there's definitely a right way and a wrong way of expressing those emotions. And I'm going to step out of a limb here and say this, that... It's pretty safe to say that if we're going to confront someone and we want them to feel safe, we want them to be open, we want them to receive what we have to say, uh, it's probably not a good idea to unload on them emotionally. Because most people, when they get unloaded on, what they do? They tune you out, right? Or, or they, or what they do, let's be honest, what happens with most of our marriages is, is one comes in with the emotions and the other person meets them head on. And then nothing gets resolved, Right? Number 2 some of us in this room the reason we confront each uh, confront people is because this is because we're looking for revenge now i know you guys think that's really odd and it doesn't belong in the church you know when we hear the word revenge it doesn't mean somebody's holding a bloody knife or a smoking gun you know and i think that's what we 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 think sometimes but but when it comes to Revenge. It can be. It doesn't have to be dramatic. It's quite a bit broader. It can be simply this. Let me read this. That when we are seeking revenge over revolution, it can be simple as this: is wanting the other person to feel what we have felt. It's intentionally using words and accusations to hurt them the way that they hurt us. Haven't we done that before? That we've been in it. We've been in a conflict. Come on, wake up, y'all. We've been in a conflict. And they've done something to us, and we're going to meet them right where they're at. We're going, to, we're going to take those jabs with our words because we want them to feel something. Anybody ever done that? we got five honest people. Everybody else is mute. Okay, so you couldn't do it. All right, anyways, so l- listen, or we do this. We go, man, I want to make life difficult for them. When we've all done that. Man, I'm going to do something to make life difficult for that individual because I want them to feel pain and suffer the way I have. Or maybe we do it this way, that, that we just give them bad attitudes, we give them harsh tones, we give them the cold shoulder. And, and it's simply this, that it could be even, even down to this, this thing, that I'm still ticked off and I'm going to let them know I'm still ticked off. That's revenge. I'm still going to get, I still am going to get something in there that's going to cause them pain because it all boils down to this. When it comes to revenge, it's about punishing the other person for what they've done to you. So today, let me maybe say this before we move to the third one. I I want to encourage all of us not to automatically assume in this room that we can never have vengeful motives. (laughs) Because I think sometimes we try to be good little Christians and oh, that didn't ever be me. Wrong. I want you to know that I think it's really natural for us to think vengeful thoughts and to want to do vengeful things. The reason I think it's natural, or shall I say, if it wasn't natural, God would have never had to tell us, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And I think he realizes that with us, it's by our nature, by our fallen nature, is to take matters into our own hands. And the thing is, is we got to learn that that's not God's way of doing things. And, And let me maybe say this. One of the things, one of the probably, the, I don't I won't say the biggest things, but something very important I've learned over the years is that when I put my hand on something, God takes his hand off of it. And if I really want him to move on my behalf, then I need to keep a posture and I need to keep my heart pure and I need to let him move on my behalf and I need to obey. If he tells me to say something, then I'll say something. He tells me to do something, I'll do it. But other than that, it's not about me just getting, getting uh, revenge and, and basically making my point known. Number three third wrong motive that a lot of us have in this room, I said and say that, that we can't have, is this, is we like to be in control. The reason we confront people because we like to be in control, and there's really good-hearted people that this happens to. Now, the way I'm going to describe this seems probably quite a bit dramatic, but read between the lines here for yourself, okay? But, but I think people who prefer control over resolution confront others because they want to be seen not just as superior maybe that's a, a wrong way to say it maybe sometimes they want to be seen more spiritual maybe sometimes they want to see like they have more knowledge but i think the bottom line is this is they confront people because they want to be seen as right that that whatever the case may be it's this that when a person likes to be in control they knowingly and unknowingly take the other person's freedom of choice away to think and decide for themselves does that make sense have you ever been in a have you ever been in a heated conversation where the individual is just trying to shove something down your throat and they want you to agree with them. Right? And it's like they won't shut up until you agree with them. So it's, it's this. It's almost like, let me, let me say it this way. I have felt like I've had conversations with people that they were going to keep talking and keep talking and keep talking and keep talking until my will finally broke and I said, you're right. Anybody ever had that conversation with somebody? Don't look to your right or left. All right. But, but, it, but it's this, it's, it's this type of person, what they want to do is they want to force their will on the other person by making them listen to their opinions. Or it's by them demanding the other person to change. Or it's the individual who is, watch this, who is, let me maybe say it this way. Sometimes for the individual that's being confronted, if they ignore the demands of that person, especially when you're dealing with somebody that's super spiritual... If, if, you don't, if you don't listen to their demands, what happens is, or if you ignore it, then you're the bad guy, you're ungodly, because for that person, they can never be right, because they're elevated walk with God, right? And that's spiritual abuse, by the way. So I think it's this, and maybe even say it this way, it's really an unhealthy lust for power. So, kind of a thought here before we move on is is we need to remember that God always gives us a choice, right? No, there's nowhere in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation God says I will make you love me, and the reason is is because love. Does what? Love isn't controlling. Love gave us a free will. Uh, so we need to decide in our own hearts before having a conversation with someone, man, are we, are we taking this person from their free will? Are we demanding something of them? Or are we just going, you know what, I need to talk about this and I believe the result's up to God. Right? Am I making sense? So it's kind of with this salt in mind. It, it's, I think it's helpful for us to realize that we can't always have everything we want. And a lot of times we live like that. That we, that we think we can have everything we want. It's like this. When we, when we think that, that, then we demand the other person to hear our thoughts. We demand the other person to feel our emotions. We demand them to admit they're wrong. We demand them to be sorry. We even demand them to change. So let me kind of give a, a disclaimer here. I'm not talking about categories of blatant sin and abusive behaviors. I think as people, we have full right to, to basically protect our own selves in that spot and to, and to put uh, ultimatums and expectations for someone to change. You, you know, there was someone in my family that was married to an alcoholic for years and years and years, and it got to a point where they said, basically, if you ever take another drink, I'm done. That's okay. Because the person would get abusive when they would drink. And, um, and thankfully, that person quit drinking and got born again. Right? And now they're doing well. So, but, but it was almost like the line had to be drawn in the sand for that person. Am I making sense, you guys? So, so I think this, I'll just sum up this section. I think if we're being honest today, unhealthy motives such as confronting people for, for our own relief, revenge, or even our desire to be in control, it not only devalues the relationship, but it devalues the other person. right? And so, and so let me just sum up this little portion here. Next time before we confront people, because we should confront people, we just need to stop and go, okay, let me take ownership of my own motives and let me make sure my motives are right before I ever open my mouth. Y'all getting that? Hopefully this is making sense to you. So today, how can we be sure that we are valuing people, we're valuing relationships? How can we make sure we have a right or a healthy motive when it comes to conflict resolution? Uh, Maybe even let me say this to go back. When can we tell people the truth? Right? I'm gonna answer one verse here. I love this verse. Psalms eighty five ten. It says this it says, Unfailing love and truth have met together. Unfailing love and truth have met together, righteousness which tends to fall in the truth category of peace, which typically falls into the unfailing love category they've kissed. That's a pretty cool verse, isn't it? So when we're confronting others, here's our simple answer. We need to remember that truth cannot be divided from love. That's the, the when, we're, when we're talking about the half of the equation, here's the other half. Here's the ingredients that so often that we miss when we confront people. It's because this, it's because we want to bring truth and we forget to bring love. And I'm going to help you, some of you other people out that are in the love category. You want to bring love, but you don't know how to bring the truth. And you can't divide the two. So, so there's some of y'all in here because you're love, 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 love. You've been doormat for years. Right, and you've got ran over, ran over, ran over because you don't want to, uh, you know, you know, stir the the apple crate or whatever the thing is. You don't want to mess things up, and so you just don't approach anything. And, and I want you to know at that point you become more the pro- more the problem than the problem because that poisons you. Yes, and so once again, truth and love cannot be divided. In fact, one author said it this way. And if you get nothing else today, write this down. He simply said this. He said, loving people. Should tell the truth. And truthful people should be loving. Loving people should tell the truth. And truthful people should be loving. That's good. It's really, really good. Do, do you guys get what I mean though? It's like some of us, once again, China, in a, you know, a bull in a china shop. And the other ones are scared to death. Man, it's really in the middle. That's where Jesus dwells. And we need to be like that, Okay. So kind of think about this with the truth and love thing. And there's, a, and there's a lot that we could go into here. But actually, let me say this verse before I forget it. The Bible says, how, do we know, how would the world know that we are followers of Christ? By our love for one another. It is fruit, but by our love for one another. And so you can't remove the equation. And so, you, you know, people who just want to beat down the truth and don't have love, man, they're, they're missing such a large part of God's heart. Because, you know, maybe we can say it this way. You know, is God love? Yes. Is He love? Yeah, First John 4 eight tells us that. Is God truth? Yes. yes, John 14, 6 tells us that. Listen, does God ever confront us? Yes. Some of you guys are unsure. Hebrews 12 says He disciplined those He loves. He definitely confronts me, okay? And I hope He confronts you as much as He confronts me. Yes. And I'm not getting picked on. But listen, but but does His correction... Bring us closer or push us further away? Brings us closer, right? Listen, d- does his correction empower us to change? Yes, it does. Now, let me say this. Did he not say in Ephesians 4, I think verse 15, to speak the truth in love? Once again, you, 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 can't, you can't remove the two between uh, one another. You can't remove them from one another. So, just a thought here. Really simple. If that's the way Jesus deals with us, then why shouldn't we follow his pattern and deal with other people that way? He's proven it. He's proven that it works. Our lives are proven that he it works. It's even this sense, okay, that all of us at one time were were uh, far from God, right? And he brought truth to the table, but he brought truth to the table in a very loving way, and we responded through repentance and life change. Our very salvation proves that this pattern works. Amen. So. What I'm saying to you today is this, is nowhere in the Bible does God say we can't have honest, direct conversation. He just encourages us to make sure our motive is one of love. And it's this, here's how you know, it's because love always seeks, don't miss this, that love always seeks the benefit of the other person, not ourselves. Do you get that? That love is always seeking the benefit of the other person and not ourselves. Let me take one uh, deeper step into this. Uh, Steve, come on up here, please. I know you're in the middle. I'm sorry, but I've kind of pictured you being up here with me all day. Maybe it's just because you're a handsome single man and the ladies need to see you. I'm not sure, but just saying. He's a stud, ladies. So, I mean, I admire. And so, um, Noah, come on up, man. Um, let, let's do this. Just stand over there with him. And I, AJ, you and Kyle, come here real quick. And y'all stand over Yeah, I just need some old people. <laughs> yeah, y'all stand over there. I don't really know what I'm going to do with any. Don't, don't, don't be that guy. That's happened to me once up here before, and I felt really uncomfortable. Okay, all right, here we go. So you can step a little bit further away. Thanks. All right. <laughs> you can stand closer. No, I'm kidding. All right. So. <clears throat> Playing. All right, here we go. Let me give you a verse here just to kind of think, think about this, okay? Um, once again, th- this is, let me kind of shift gears for a second. This is biblical community, what we're about to talk about, okay? So let's take it another step further. We've kind of been working our way to this, but, but I think here's where the rubber meets the road, and here's where I think we fell each other so much, okay? Do you, do you hear me? Where we, as brothers and sisters in Christ, this is where we fell each other too much, and it's this verse. Let me show it to you. Hebrews 12, 14 through 15. Thank you. It says, Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. Side note, not what we're going to talk about, but those two go together more than we give credit for a lot of times. Okay? Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. It actually means those who are not being sanctified will not see the Lord. Verse 15 here. This is our key verse. It says, "Look after each other, so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God." Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting how many people? Many. So it's not just. So understand this: we're not talking about just individuals here. We're talking about collectively as a group. Okay. So, so watch this. I, I want to focus on uh, three pieces of that last verse there. Okay. Please grab a hold of this. The first thing I want you to notice is what the writer of Hebrews said this. Number one, he said, to look after each other. To look after each other. Now, listen, growing up in the South, I heard that a lot. Okay? And it would typically go something like this. Um, You know, basically, a group of his kids were getting ready to run out the door on some adventure, and a parent would scream, Look after each other! As you're running and you just kind of knew, okay, there's a mutual understanding that that means that I need to, that we need to kind of watch after each other and make sure nobody gets hurt. Everybody stays safe. In fact, I I don't know why it keeps coming to my head. I remember one time that I did not do that to my parents' uh, liking and I got a whipping. Okay? I'm still bitter about that thing, I guess. All right. So I thought I did what was right. It didn't meet the standard and I paid for it. Anyway, so... Jesus help me! All right. So, anyways, so so, but if you were if you were older in that group and they said, you know, look after each other, then you knew as an older man, it's my responsibility to make sure all these little ones come home safe. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't know if that's just a southern thing, but I started to give you guys a really good country accent in that, and I held it back. And you guys are thinking you can get more country than that? Yes. All right. So, anyways, listen while that. Application can't apply to that passage. That's not really what they were talking about. Okay, it's not really what the writer of Hebrews was talking about. He he actually meant this. I'm going to give you basically what it means in the Greek here, because when we read the Greek words that the guy chose to write, here's what he was saying to us. And I want you to look at basically that's a lot, but okay, I want you to look at this. That this is your responsibility towards one another. Obviously, you guys are close. You guys have a great potential to get close. Here we go. Are you getting close? That's good. Don't get too close. Anyway, so it says this. It says, uh, Basically, in the Greek language, it means this. When you say look after each other. It actually means to inspect each other diligently. And let me kind of give you more. It means to inspect, to examine, to look carefully over each other spiritual, other's spiritual condition diligently. Are you guys getting that? Let me say it again. To inspect or examine, to look carefully over each other's spiritual condition diligently now now why would he tell us to do that what's this why would he tell us to do that? is it so we can get critical no the reason he's telling us to do that is because the second part that's here look at the second one please it says so that none of you fails to receive the grace of god now here's what that means in the greek language it actually should read this examine each other basically spiritual condition diligently so that no one is left behind in the race and fails to reach the goal Am I making sense to you guys today? Let let, let me ask you, because when it reads the grace of God, because the way we think sometimes, we think automatically it's talking about the unmerited favor. That's not the word that it uses there. It actually uses the word charis or charis, however you say it. I'm not a Greek person. I don't speak all that. I don't speak Greek. Is Basically, that actually means anointing and calling. Are you getting this? So when it says to examine one another, it's talking about examine each other to make sure that you don't fall short or be left behind in your calling and in the anointing that God has called you to. Making sense? So, so in other words, if you can get, get this for a second, he's saying that you and I are responsible for people around us for their destiny. So, so you know, a lot of times when we come to church, we don't take that too seriously. We just show up at church and then we go through our deal. We miss it when we think that that we just pop pop a seat, listen to a sermon, sing a song, go home we 're missing it there's a there 's a relational commitment to one another that we lack so often am I making sense no pressure here right but but it 's this it's it 's in this let me say it this way when you and I make a decision to join the church and i 'm not talking about signing something church membership is not in the bible, but when we when we when we make the decision to uh, say this is home okay then what we're saying is we when we say we're going to live in that community we're choosing to inspect and to examine each other's lives and it's this way it's not just because so often we live like we're the spiritual guy and we're here to expect him no 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 no. he's here to inspect us and we're here to inspect him it goes both ways which means is is that I, I got to be willing to give it this way and I got to be willing to receive it too Right, and so often we, so often it's like uh, certain people elevate themselves, and and they and they do this. They elevate themselves, and they think, you know what? Um, basically, nobody can talk to me. I'm the man. I'm the woman, and that's wrong. And then there's some of you guys that shortchange yourself because you haven't been in the kingdom as long as someone else, and you think you don't have anything to give. If the Spirit of God is inside of you, you have something to give. Okay. So, so once again, it's this commitment that I'm kind of hoping that we'll see that we'll be willing to inspect and examine each other's lives so that we can all become who God has called us and anointed us to be. Right? I mean, it's like this. Just think about this. When's the last time somebody asked you, "Man, how's your prayer life?" Most of you can probably say, "Man, I've never been asked that. We're not examining." How many of you guys say, "Man, how, how's your word life? You reading the Bible? We're not examining. How many times have we said, man, hey, how's your marriage? Hey, how's your friendships? How's your... Are, some people say, well, so many of y'all go, uh, what's a personal fault with God? No, it's not. You gave up your right to do your personal thing when you came into the kingdom. Right? It's called accountability. Am I making sense, you guys? Yeah we got to, we got to quit living on islands to ourselves. And the reason that so many of us are uncomfortable asking each other those questions is because we don't spend time with one another to get to know one another. We don't have relationships. Listen, I'm saying a bunch of stuff I wouldn't plan on saying here. But, but if, if this is the only interaction that we have with one another, we're missing it. Listen, it is not God's heart that we come in here and stare at each other the back of each other's heads. It is God's heart that so we get to know one another. That we know what makes the other person tick, I and mean, we know their passions, we know their desire, we know their hearts. We know, yes, yes. amen. So, so, so some of us need to quit uh, isolating ourselves. Okay, it, it's kind of like this. Listen, I know that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. I know we got to be witnesses. I, you know, I get all that. But, but, but if my if my closest friends. Aren't really people that are running in the same direction than I am, then I need to pray and get some friends. Right? Because there's, listen, there's something about having a friend that you can sit down with and you go, man, here's what Jesus is doing in my life. Man, here's where Jesus is challenging me. Here's where Jesus wants to change in me. That's something different. If that person doesn't know Jesus, then I can't have that conversation. Our hearts are not connecting. Right, we we can we can both like sports. We can we can play soccer together. We can throw the pigskin around together. We can do whatever, right? But 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 if there's not a heart connection, then we're not really going to go anywhere. Am I making sense? So so there's that side where God wants us. Maybe use a different language. God wants us to have covenant relationships. Covenant relationship where we're involved in each other's lives. Amen. But but can, can I say something? You know I, know, I know we're hungry people. I know we apply the truth to our lives. I know, man, this church has changed so much in three years. It's unbelievable. You guys have changed. I've changed a lot in three years. But, but please don't let this be something that we just go here and here and we move on. Okay? And so part of that is this, is be willing, like, after church or say, hey, Tuesday night, hey, Wednesday, you guys want to come to the house? You, you know, with us, when we built our house, we said, God, we want a house where we can actually host people because that's important for us right? Relationships are important to us. And so relationships need to be important to all of God's people, right? And and if you're not comfortable having somebody at your house, just say, hey, can we go meet XYZ place, right? Let's go to Angelo's, whatever. I don't know, right? (laughs) I'm just saying, make it, make it important. Make it a priority. Amen. Okay. All right, here we go. So in this process, you guys Okay. You doing okay? All right. So in this process, what exactly should we be looking for in each other's lives? This is really important, okay? And i got to hustle up here. But number three, it's the third thing that the writer mentioned here. He said, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. But but I want to I actually spin this and read it from the Message Bible really quick because there's a word in there that I really like. It says this. It says, keep a sharp eye out for weeds of bitter discontentment. Keep a sharp eye out for weeds. Somebody say weeds. Weeds. Of bitter discontent. It says a thistle or two gone to seed, or in other words, takes root, can ruin a whole garden in no time. It can ruin your life. It can ruin your life. Now, now in saying this, listen, there's not a single person in this room, including myself, that doesn't have blind spots in our lives. We all have them every single one of us, that, listen, we can be good intentions, we can feel like, man, we're spot on, we're doing awesome, we're doing great, and we got this, you know, whatever, the spinach stuck in our teeth, and we don't even see it, but everybody in the room knows it's there, right? Or you got the bat hanging in the cave, whatever it is, okay? And people just go, man, we see it, right? And so we, we need to have, what he's saying is, is we need to have the courage and the willingness to go, hey, man, you got spinach in your teeth. That's a real friend. Right? It's, what's the saying? Y'all help me out. I was actually going to look for this, and I didn't. So um, the wounds of a friend do what? The wounds, the Bible says the wounds of a friend. Lee, I'm so looking to you. I'm depending on you right now. No pressure. The wounds of a friend. Oh, okay. Faithful, say it again. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. L- listen, that's what we're talking about here. It's going to hurt. But it's going to be, you're going to be better in the long run. Right, Steve? Mm. That's, okay, <laughs> I just want to huh? so, so here's potential weeds, and we'll hustle here. Is, is weeds and what we're kind of looking for in people's lives are anything that hurts, hinders, or destroys their relationship with God or people. Okay, so it can be anything there that hurts, hinders, or destroys their relationships to anything that keeps them from reaching their full potential in Christ. We all have those things in our lives. Yes, we all have them. So let me give you three specific areas where weeds can be found. Y'all hang tight. You're just looking good. Here we go. Number one is this, is in our behaviors. In our behaviors. That this, th- these are three areas that people can, we're saying this, that I'm going to examine people in the room, and I'm going to let them examine me. Number one, behaviors. Let me kind of read something to you here. Uh, basically, since actions are observable, they're somewhat easier to confront. For example, a person in your life may be chronically late, I'm not going to point out my wife, but Jesus, help me. Okay, Chronically late, never volunteered to help out, not being a team player, that they maybe spend too much money. They control others by intimidation or manipulation. They have anger issues, et cetera. Are you, are you with me? Those things are easily seen that, man, that th- there's just something that's just not right there, okay? And we should have the courage, once again, to call that thing out, okay? Number two, send people's speech. The way we talk says a lot about ourselves. Okay, L- listen that, that it could be this that we're concerned with a friend's critical or negative words that they have the tendency to turn conversations back to themselves. They maybe they have inappropriate conversations. Like I, I get super uncomfortable with, when when guys want to tell perverted jokes. That's a problem that we should confront. Right? Or when people say inappropriate things to people. It's just, it's uncalled for. It's this, or maybe that, that someone has the inability to open up and just really let people in. Whatever it is. I'm just kind of give you some things to spark your thoughts here. But but it's, it's those things that we have value that, man, we should be, once again, be willing to examine and confront. The third thing is this, is the area of weeds are at, is attitudes. And you know, sometimes this can be difficult because people's personalities are just different, right? But but it's in this sense that maybe it's a wrong attitude how they look at life, how they look at relationships, maybe even how they look at God. And you think, man, that their attitudes can be really detrimental. Are you guys with me today? My, hopefully, I'm not born here. But that that some examples of this would be this that man that. They see others as less important than themselves. They're lazy. They blame others for the problems. Maybe they're too hard on themselves, or maybe they're just negative about everything. Those are things that we need to go. Hey, let's let's put a finger on that. Okay, y'all got a few more minutes. Good, because I'm not done. All right, so um, <laughs> I'm playing. So so let me get really practical here, and I know all this is super super simple, but but let's get practical here and. I want to tell you this. Here's, here's some things, because obviously in my role and my job that I've had for years, confrontation just kind of comes with the duty. It, it comes with the task. Okay? You have to. When you, if you want to be a leader in the room, you, you have to be willing to confront people. Have to. But, but here's some questions that I, that I really ask myself. Okay? This is the criteria that I use before I confront someone. I'll say this. Okay, can I honestly say that I really love this person? That's the real question. Can I honestly say that I love them? And then I say this, okay, what I want to tell them about, are they aware of this area or not? Because I think so often what we do in that is we just say, uh, we automatically um, judge the person and say they're aware of it and they're just choosing to do it anyways. Well, why not err on grace and say, well, maybe they don't know. That's safer, right? And so, once again, do not assume that they already know it. The third thing I do is this, is I'll actually sit back and I'll go, man, okay, that I know of, has anyone else communicated with this person about that? And then I'll say this. Will anyone else communicate with this person about that? And, and I'll just say this. In, in my mind, I, I'm thinking of one person in particular, and I'll just say it. It is um, my my pastor's son in North Carolina that have a great relationship. actually preached a few weeks ago. Cameron, right? Came and led worship, preached on the end, did a phenomenal job. You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay, anyway, so... So with Cameron, I remember one time he got up, and he'd be, he'd be comfortable with me telling you this, but, but he got up in front of our staff, and I don't know if you guys were there or not, but but basically he got up as a young kid, about 20 years old, and he rebuked the staff. Like 60, 70 people in the room, and he rebuked everybody. And he tried to say, this is a word from the Lord. And it was just a really awkward moment. And what I realized in the moment was is this, is that, is he was actually talking to himself. He wasn't talking to everybody else. First of all, it's like everybody in this room is way older than you and got way more life experience, and you got no right to rebuke them. Okay? So, but, but what I did is I, is I pulled him in and went, okay, here's the deal, man. And I didn't rip him a new one. I sat back and I said this, okay, do I love him? Yes. Uh, you know, is anybody, and that's really the reason I'm saying, will anybody else tell him this? I knew that no one would tell him because he was the pastor's son, and they didn't want to touch him right? And uh, in fact, I, you know, I saw somebody walk up, man, thank you for sharing, that was so good. And I'm sitting there, everything gave me screaming, that was not Jesus, was not God. And so, you know, I waited for about a week to make sure it wasn't just me. And I felt like I had the green light from the Lord. And I went and I approached him and we had a great conversation. But, but, But I had to ask myself, once again, will anybody else tell this person? The answer was no. And so a lot of times, listen, when you're in a community that doesn't really know how to talk to each other, the answer more than likely is no, no one's told them. Okay, and let me maybe say this. Maybe their spouse, but for some reason, we don't do a good job listening to our spouses. Somebody else points it out for some reason. Oh, we're listening. They're going, I've been telling you that for 10 years. <laughs> Whatever, anyway. So, But, but then lastly, I, I, I ask this. This is my fifth question I ask myself. I say, you know, will this hurt them? Will it harm them? Will it harm their family? Will it harm their future? Uh, Will it harm someone else down the road? And if the answers are, you know, line up correctly, then I'll I'll confront that individual. And so, but typically here's how I do it, okay? Like I said, this is practical. I I will pull them aside because I don't, you know, we've all been in spots where somebody corrects somebody in front of everybody in the room. They don't say their name, but everybody knows who they're talking to. That doesn't bear any good fruit most of the time. Or they'll call them out in front of everybody and they embarrass them and that person will shut down. So I find it's best to pull the person to the side and, uh, and do this. I, I tend to always ask for permission to speak to them about something I've seen. And I just don't assume that they'll let me. Am I making sense, you guys? Is it okay if I tell you what I've seen? And then I'll, then I'll do this. If Once again, if the answer is yes, then I'll do my best. And I've had to learn this one the hard way. and It's taken me a while to give them the truth in love. And to say it in a really loving way, and then I'll, then I'll do this, because I think it's really important that I just don't tell them what I see is wrong, but I'll actually sit back and go, let me tell you why this is so detrimental to you. Okay? That, that you know, it may not be a big deal at this moment, but dude, when you're 10 years down the road and you're a married man now, it's going to cause problems. Right? Or if you're leading a ministry, because that's the world I dealt with most time. I was training people for the ministry, that if you do that in the ministry, man, it's going to go really south for you. Okay, and then what I would do is this, and this is so huge. I wouldn't just lay something on them and just, well, we're done. I'd go, hey, tell me what you think about that. What's your perspective? What were you thinking about in that moment? Because it, once again, that helps me find out their heart, right? Because no one does stupid things on purpose. When, when, when Cam did that that day, he thought 100% that he was doing the right thing. I knew his heart wasn't evil, right? He was just learning. He's young. And so then lastly, what you do is, is, at least for me, after that open dialogue, at that moment, it's a, it's, a, it's a teaching moment. And, you know, these guys will tell you, these guys will tell you, when, you, when, you, when you've been a, a pastor, it's real easy to abuse your authority and just say, well, I'm the pastor, listen to me. Well, that's not God's heart, right? It's to simply go, okay, uh, once again, we love you. We're brothers. We're doing this together. Let's chit-chat. And then typically what we do is we do this. Man, let's pray about that. Right? Because, because if there's not, I'll tell you the way I see that moment. But, but in that moment, the reason I go, let's pray, is not to go, okay, well, bless God, let's put an end on this thing and let's go. No, 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 no. We're going to pray and I'm going to listen to see if the Holy Ghost gives me anything for that individual to share his heart with them. It's a restoration moment. God, can you intervene in this moment? Can you come? Because, listen, I just believe that when we pray, Jesus shows up. And so, you know what happens more times than not? Do you think, do you think when, we, when you go about it that way, you push that person away, or do you think you pull them closer? You pull them closer. In fact, pe- people that I've had those difficult conversations with, Cam is a prime example. I'm closer to those people than most people on the planet because we've been through something together. And so it kind of fortifies your heart because literally here's what they know. It's, it's those guys that I've done that with repeatedly that... Uh, that text me on Father's Day. It's those kind of guys. I'm not their real dad, but they consider me the spiritual father because they've allowed me to have that voice in their life. Right? And once, once we spoke to that, again, guess what? I didn't come in and go and, uh, you know, throw that thing back up in their face. Remember that time you did it? I've never said anything to Cameron about that. But, but there is a position that it's accountability, that, hey, man, let's do it the right way. Right? Yes? All right, so I'm going to close with this, and we're done. Go back to the very top. I said today we're going to talk about why we should confront people. The why is simply this. is because we, because we want what's God's best for them. That's it. If that is not the core motivation of why we're confronting them, we're missing it, and we have wrong motives. You all know, follow me? Maybe a different way to say it is this, and maybe this will hit home more. It's because we want for them what we want for ourselves. Does that make sense? I want the same thing for them as I would want for myself. And, and even in that, I, I have sat back over the years and went, okay, because here's what happened is when I was younger, I would just rip folks' heads off. And then after I had my head ripped off, I went, oh, crap, that's how that feels. Yeah. And I went, let me, change, let me change that because that was not productive for me. It, it made me go into shell. Right? And so then I, st- then I started to go, okay, how would I want this conversation to be had with me? Yes? 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 All right. So, yeah. All right. We're done. Thank you. Thank you. You can stay up here. I'm playing. <laughs> Don't y'all just like that hair? Man, some of you men in this room right now are so jealous of this hair. You're wishing you could grow that. Stuff hasn't grown in years, but Hey. <laughs> Maybe take a, a, a lot from this fella, tape it to your head, and see what Jesus will do. All right, anyway, so grow. Uh, all right. So I, I, guess, I guess simply this. Um, let's go ahead and stand to our feet. We're good. Today I want to pray one thing. And I know, I know not only today but the past few weeks haven't been flashy, and that's all right. Today, I want us to do this, okay, and I know we have visitors here today, but and this is more of a family conversation, but, it, but in our own hearts today, can we, can we say this, okay, God, if you have, if you have planted me in this church, then, then God, how, um, I guess this, then God, help me make a commitment to do biblical community your way. Let, let me make a commitment to be willing to open my heart up and let people speak into my life and let me be willing and have the courage to speak into other people's lives. Now, everybody listen to me. It's going to be very uncomfortable when we begin that, okay? But I believe God can, can help our relationships grow a lot deeper and a lot wider when we do. Amen? So, so e- even in this sense, okay, I, you know, I can't tell you how many people have come through here. I mean, literally, I don't know how many people have visited us and said uh, from other states, Here's what they say. And obviously, these people don't know each other, but they keep going, You're going to need a bigger building. You know, I'm going to tell you one thing. You're going to need a bigger building. You're going to need a bigger building. You're going to need Okay. I'm like, All right. And I got my Jesus, we have to do this and that. But I'm really big on this. We got to get, let me, let me give it to you a different way. Has anybody ever eaten at Chick fil A? All right. Man, look, I don't know. We, we, we. Yeah, all right, all right, here we go. So the guy that founded Chick fil A, um, Truett, Kathy Truett. I'm getting the right Truett, Kathy, Kathy Truett. All right, there we go. Pick one. He said this. Basically, I, I, I was listening to a leadership podcast one day, and they said that he was in a board meeting. And the whole board was talking about how, how their competition was Boston Market at the time. That was their number one competition, and Boston Market was just killing it. And these guys just, like, couldn't catch up. And, and one day, basically, everybody in the room was talking about how that they, have to get, um, they have to get bigger. They've got to get bigger. They've got to get bigger. And finally, Truett and his very much, very against his own nature, started pounding the table until he got everybody's attention. They say he was a really kind man. He never did anything like that. And but once he got everyone's attention, he said this. He said, "It is our job to get better." And then people will demand for us to get bigger. And I'm saying this to you today, we got to get better. Because if we get better relationships in this room, then then when God sends people, right? Because he'll make He'll make us get bigger. When God sends people, then we'll know how to take care of them. Okay? But, but listen, pe- God's not going to bring people here as long as we just go, okay, well, they're sitting there. Oh, I've never seen them before, and let's move on. We've got to value people because he values people. He values souls. So when you see someone across the room, you go, I don't know them. Remember, man, that's a person that's been created in the image of God. God's got a plan for their life, and, man, you may be a key part of it. I will tell you this. There's... Um, I'll pick on this guy real quick. When I first moved to North Carolina, I remember I pulled up with my parents and my stepdad's truck, and I had everything I owned in that truck. Not much. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Pastor Brian helped us unload the stuff off the truck because I didn't have a place to live. I'm 21 years old, and we basically put it in our outreach truck, basically a big old box truck. I did not know on that day how important that man would become to me. I didn't even know who he was. Oh, yeah, he's a pastor on staff. Okay, I'm about to work with him. But, but I, I would have never known that our destinies would have been so intricately connected. And so often, I, you know, I can look back at friends along the way that when I first met them, some of them I was like, man, I don't even like that guy. And now I'm like, man, I can't imagine my life without him, right? And there's those kind of people that are in this room right now. They're just sitting on the opposite side of the room, and you haven't had the courage to go talk to one another, Well, what's going to happen is God's going to highlight that person for you, and you just need to make the connection go, hey, let's do this together. Hey, you want to talk? Hey, you want to do, right? Meet where you're comfortable, right? Okay. So let's make a commitment in our own heart today to go, God, I'm committed to biblical community, and God, I'm willing to do it your way. Can we do that? Real simple, in your own heart, let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word. And, Lord, uh, we do not take your word lightly. Lord, we understand today, God, even in that last scripture there in Hebrews, God, that that we have a responsibility to one another. Lord, and, and the fact is, God, is you, you've called us to be uh, gardeners in each other's lives. God, people that would remove weeds from each other's hearts. Uh, God, so that, that we could all fulfill the call and to reach the anointing and the level and whatever you've, you've just called us to do, who you've called us to be. Maybe that's a better way to say it, God, who you've called us to be. Not so much in the doing, but in the being. And so, Lord, we just, in our own hearts today, God, a simple prayer, Uh, But Lord, we ask that your power would come with it. God, that you would help us to commit to one another. God, there's people in this room today, they're like, man, I don't know anybody in this room. Uh, but, Lord, you've called them here. God, you, you've called them to this church. And, Lord, that you didn't call them here to be isolated and to just be lone rangers and, and not have uh, genuine, authentic relationships. So, Lord, we're asking today, God, that you would begin to make the connections. But, Lord, I'm also asking, God, that those people wouldn't say, uh, well, somebody's got to come approach me. Lord, I pray that they would show themselves friendly, as your word says, God, so they can have friends And uh, so, Lord, today, would you just begin to move in our hearts? God, would you begin to make covenant relationships? And, Lord, I'm asking, God, that you wouldn't leave a single person out. God, any age group, God, you wouldn't leave anybody out. But, God, you would connect our hearts to one another as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.